Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Still no quarterback decision. Plenty to talk about at lettermanrow.com. It's the practice report. It's going to be the same, more of the same. As more things change, the more they stay the same. That's the 40 year vet, Tim May. That's Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. That was Ryan Day in there. No, he did not name a starting quarterback. He did, though, change his tune a lot. Well, you got to change the song a little bit. You can't sing the same song every time. But he changed his tune on the idea of playing two quarterbacks at Indiana. But then but at the he, end, but did he? hold on, Tim. Then at the end, Tim, I'm going to throw it to you. He said, if it's even, the first snap will probably go to the veteran in a quarterback battle. No, he didn't say that definitively. He but said, he said, he said, if it's, if it, he was talking about, you know, if one guy has a higher upside than the other guy, but they're both even right now, should you go with, he was asked, should you go with the guy with a with perceived higher upside? And he goes, well, you know, really? You probably would go with the guy who's been in your program. I'm paraphrasing here. You go with the guy who's been in your program longer because maybe he gets it at least for that first snap. And uh, he he gave no definitive answer today. No. About who his starting quarterback is going to be, which bodes well, you would think, for Devin Brown based on the criteria you just threw out there. But this is not over yet. Like, I, I, I and he kind of threw out that horse racing analogy. Right now, I would equate it to Seabiscuit and War Admiral in the back stretch in their famous match race at Pimlico way back when, uh, which one is going to take off from here, or will one of them take off? Will it be a dead heat all the way to the finish line? That's what we're all wondering about. Obviously, one guy does a little, some things better than the other guy, and vice versa. But uh, there, in my opinion, there is no pressure on, on Ryan Day. There was no pressure on Ryan Day to name the starting quarterback by today or by tomorrow. Uh, 
I would play both of them if they're even. I'd play both of them the first uh, three games and see what's up. 80 seconds in, we got Seabiscuit. Already brought up, Andy. <laughs> it's it's a quarterback day. I guess it's the Seabiscuit day. I got that picture uh, on my wall at home. What are your thoughts on the ongoing now quarterback saga that continues into 12 days until Ohio State? Still no, still no quarterback. Well, yeah, 12 days. So they still have some time. I mean, fans don't feel that way. Us as media, we want an answer to stop writing about the same narrative over and over again. But they do have some time, and he's trying to use that time. The other thing is, he's yeah. mentioned, it hasn't always been deadlocked that way. Like, there has been times where one guy has pulled away and started to create separation. And he's told the other guy, hey, this is what's going on. And then the other guy's caught up. And that's happened with both of them, he clarified at the end of the press conference. So. Devin Brown and Kyle McCord have had moments in this competition where they started to pull away and then the other caught back up. So it hasn't been like back and forth, you know, by definition every single day, but holistically when he's looking at all the days and that's what they have to do here, it still is neck and neck. And based on what he said today, I'm, I'm looking at this as this is a whole new starting gate based on what he said. Well, the next 12 days are what matter well, to the, both of these quarterbacks. I will be the first. No to days off. I will be the first to tell you. In January, we stood in this building, and I said Kyle McCord would be the starting quarterback. Yeah, you did. In the spring, we stood in this building, and I said Kyle McCord would be the starting quarterback. Last week, I shot down a lot of things about Devin Brown because I said Kyle McCord would be the starting quarterback. I am now coming around, and I admit when I'm wrong, to the idea that this is as even as Ryan Day is saying it is. I've been thinking that a lot of this has been gamesmanship. Hearing him ad nauseum today talk about the evenness of this battle i think it's even and if anyone tells you right now that there is a leader they are wrong it? so i think it is i truly think it is even now and like you said tim it now becomes a match race i would say six day you have to know because of oh, first yeah, first team reps because that. of a new center because of just signals, hand signals, even as something as stupid as the clap to snap the ball, you have to know who your starter is. But boy, you hope both of them are doing those about the I know. same way. Yeah, but you <laughs> have to, you have to know who's going to take those first snaps. And technically, first whoever time. takes the first snap <laughs> will be the starter. You have to know that yeah. by I would say well, to, yeah. Monday it, of game week. It's so like I'm a saying, baseball game. You got to send a pitcher out there to start the game, no matter what the situation is. You've got to have a starter. On, uh, against Indiana. Let's say send them both out there like Woody Hayes did in 1978, and he sends uh, Arch to quarterback and Rod Gerald to wide receiver. Kept everybody, quote, guessing right up until the last moment. Yeah, this, you know, this has some precedent in Ohio State history. The other thing is, is maybe telling both of these guys, hey, look, we're going to go with A in the, as a starting quarterback, like you said, for that first series, that first quarter, that first half against Indiana. But B, you're going to play too, uh, because they have not faced uh, in camp in spring. They have not faced live competition, meaning they're live, meaning they're going to take hits. They're going to be having to judge things on the fly, so to speak. And I think it behooves him. He feels like he's got two quarterbacks that can win. Both of them, he feels, are in that realm. Are they even? No, because one always does something better than the other in any kind of like uh, matchup kind of situation. But I think he feels really. From what I got from him, he and his coaching staff feel really confident about both of these guys being capable of leading this offense, and we know what that means. A couple things. One, he said they took a, st a straw poll, right? Of yeah. all the staff, he said it was almost split down the middle. It wasn't, though. 
It wasn't though. But he didn't tell us which way, of course, it was leaning. But well, y'all are parsing. Almost down the middle. And he was really saying he just wanted to get to know where his staff was yeah. thinking. He didn't want to be the only one focusing on this decision. Of course, he's got Todd Fitch in there. Of course, he's got Corey Dennis, Brian Hartline, a whole host of people, plus the defensive staff. He wanted to know how they're seeing it too. Another thing that he mentioned is, you know, if he were to just have one of these guys, would he feel comfortable going into game one? He said yes. Yeah. And then the other thing was that he was asked, could there still be separation in these final 12 days? He said a thousand percent. Of course. So there's still a lot of things on the table here. And he also said that if it does bleed into the season and both have to play, you might find out pretty quickly his answer. It's a lot harder to differentiate right now in scrimmages, in limited contact, once the games start. And neither of these guys have much game experience. Devin Brown has never attempted a college pass. He has not. Kyle McCord has only played in one really meaningful game in the sense that he started only once. And so once you actually start playing the games, you might find it out pretty quickly. Yeah. And I know this is a vulgarity to say this name, but Jim Harbaugh last year at Michigan, I wrote a story about that for our website, lettermanroad.com. He let it go into the season. Hey, you're going to play a game. You're going to play a game. We're going to see what's going on here. You're going to play a certain amount. You're going to play a certain amount. We're going to see what's going on here. Turns out the, uh, the upstart, J.J. McCarthy, beats out the returning starter who had led the team to his first victory over Ohio State since 2011 and took him to the college football playoff and the, and, the, uh, and the Big Ten championship, beats out Cade McNamara, who's now at Iowa, you know. I mean, everybody understands the gravity of this situation. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with letting it go into a season, personally, if they're that close, if there's not that definitive thing that said, tells you this guy's better than this guy. And, uh, and the straw poll is interesting because we all know Ryan Day is going to make the decision on who his starting quarterback is. I think it was more just to see if he was seeing the field the mm. same way that all the other coaches were. Yeah. I don't think Perry Eliano. But he got back mixed results. I don't think Perry Eliano or Tim Walton, who they think should start, or you know Larry Johnson, who he thinks should start, I don't think those guys are going to end up being the deciding factor. That's not at all, and I don't want anybody to think, and I'm just clearing yeah. the air here, yeah. that is not the, the point of the struggle. But when you have a quarterback competition and you are a quarterback guru, and I consider Ryan Day to be one, you need to get the opinions of everyone to see, okay, am I seeing the exact same thing you are? And why are we seeing this so evenly? Is it because they're even, or is it because I have my preconceived notions, or I have my, you know, biases because I've been around, you know, maybe you've been because you've been around Kyle more than one a year longer, or you saw this from Devin in the film. Like you have to get those. It's what's interesting those mixed about opinions. this trial poll is he revealed it was it was mixed results. Yeah, it wasn't definitive one guy over the other, which is interesting to me because, like you said, that you know. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know, and uh, I, I, I think that was very telling. I, I understand, and Andy, I'll get your opinion on this. I understand, Tim, the notion of Jim Harbaugh did this last year. No, I'm just, I, that's just an example. I, I know, but I, that's the yeah, I don't think that these are similar situations. Okay, Austin Mockerman, Steve Belisari, just, 1999, Ohio allow State. Me to, to, allow me to say this. They wanted to start J.J. McCarthy all along. They needed for Cade McNamara to give them a reason to yeah. start J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. And McNamara did not look they're good. They're not all even. They're not all did the not, same. He one did, guy was a returning starter. He did not look good in game one. Yeah. And then they let J.J. McCarthy start in game two, knowing he was going to play well against an awful, yeah. awful, awful team. Yeah. And then it was, okay, J.J. starting week three. That's not what this is at all. These two are both duking it out. They don't have a preference on who starts. I truly don't think they do. 
They just want the guy who's going to help I Ohio agree. State win a national championship. Last year, I think Michigan had a preference, but they needed everyone else to see it to justify benching the guy who took you to the freaking playoff. Yeah, and what I've handled it so, like Michigan did, they bring Cade McNamara to the Big Ten media days, and he's up there. One guy, uh, Harbaugh, is saying, uh, you know, this competition's still open, and Cade McNamara's telling everybody, no, I'm the starter. Yeah. And it was not a good way to handle that situation in the sense of publicly, privately, they should have let it play out, and they finally did. You know, they let it play out, you know, in real games. I just think there's nothing wrong with letting it play out in real games, especially if it's just even. Yeah, and it's not the worst thing in the world that this is where Ohio State's at right now. I mean, there's other no. positions that we were more concerned about and maybe still are more concerned about. There's safety positions that aren't settled yet. There are offensive line positions that seem more settled, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Please bring it up, go ahead. <laughs> but the quarterback position is arguably not the most critical in terms of who actually starts, because it's That's a good situation. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, you know, fans I know want to know the answer, but it's not the worst thing in the world that A and, or 1A and 1AB, or whatever you want to call it, are both options that Ryan Day feels comfortable winning with. But yeah, I'll pivot to the offensive line so we can get into that. It seems like Josh Simmons has been named the starter. He was basically, in all intents and purposes, named the starter today at left tackle. And the rest of the leaders of the offensive line were also listed out. Spencer, you want to get into that? Yeah, it's from, now, from right now, the way I see it in my notebook and what will be on lettermanrow.com at some point today is Josh Simmons at left tackle, Donovan Jackson at left guard. I know I'm breaking some news there with Donovan Jackson. Yep. Carson Hinsman at center. I don't think that Victor Cutler has done enough to take that over. I think Hinsman has remained strong. Matthew Jones, another groundbreaker there at right guard, and then Josh Fryer at right tackle. The thing that I found interesting and I ended up asking Ryan Day about and I got some good insight is the developmental position of Bison to get those guys on the field early in their career, it appears to be heading toward a Luke Montgomery conversation rather than another guy, you know, maybe a George Fitzpatrick or a Austin Saraveld or, you know, pick your guy, your young guy who they could get experience. I think that's going to be Luke Montgomery, which means he is probably the future at one of the tackle spots. I don't think he's the present at one of the tackle spots, but I think this offensive line is far more settled than quarterback, and I think that's what's weird is we thought it might be the opposite. Yeah, and what's funny is really coming out of that press conference, just you know, parsing words, Josh Simmons and Carson Hensman seem pretty set at left tackle and center based on the way Ryan Day presented it, but he said Luke Montgomery's going to play basically, and at right tackle. I mean, they flip made that flip. Uh, so to me, that's the interesting thing: Josh Fryer and or Luke uh, Montgomery at right tackle. Luke Montgomery, a freshman, but he's been here since January. We all know uh, what he, you know what that means in that Bison position. You know, if you probably wear number 41. You know, you would think we might see that. We might not. Who knows? Uh, Enoch Vimahe is basically a solid guy for them in the middle of that offense, wherever they want to put him in as a backup. Uh, and Vic Cutler, yeah, Vic Cutler was learning the position, so to speak, uh, mm -hmm. when he came in in the uh, in, in in the winter. And he's still trailing Carson Hensman, best we can tell. And, uh, you know, we haven't heard about anybody else at center the last couple of weeks. So that is a two-horse race with one horse, I think, pretty well ahead. you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think that offensive line, I was asking the guys about it when we got to talk to them the other day, how do you like the feel of that? Because I think that offensive line on paper looks pretty damn good. Well, you got a guy that started, what, 13 games last year for San Diego State at left tackle. Uh, no, no one else on that line has, uh, in that tackle room, has that kind of resume. 
you know, and you got Josh Fryer who acquitted himself quite well in a couple of really tough situations last year, starting playing the whole game against his uh, home state, Indiana, for one. And uh, I think he played pretty pretty much against, uh, what, Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, of course, that's not a game anybody writes home about. But uh, Donovan I, Edwards does. Yeah, yeah. That's another story. <laughs> That's another story for three and a half months from now. Uh, bottom line is they, I think they like where that offensive line is right now. And that was my biggest question by far as you brought it up going into this camp. It wasn't going to be who the quarterback was going to be between two five-star candidates. It was going to be who the right tackle was going to be. That was the Ohio State offensive hour on this practice report presented by Byers well, we Auto. We condensed it the, to 20 minutes, didn't we? The best place to buy a new or used auto in Central Ohio, go to Byers Auto. Go to buyersauto.com, find your vehicle. Now on to the defense because, oh, by the way, Jim Knowles spoke too, and Jim Knowles laid out a depth chart for us, um, kind of plainly almost. You know, he, yeah. he brought up Mike Hall and, and Ty Hamilton as those defensive tackles. You know, those guys are really solid. He brought up JT and Jack as his two, you know, big-time defensive ends, but he, you put Kenyatta Jackson in there. He brought up – Kate Curry. He had Kate well, Curry in there, too. Well, I'm, I'm just going the starters. You, okay. you, 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 go, right. you go the corners, and he named the starting cornerbacks, and then he went into the safety room, and that's where it just all blew up. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I well, he named one starting – he named – or well, was it him or Ryan? Named one starter for sure at safety, one of the safety Yeah, spots. Jim Knowles did. He said that Sonny Styles is definitely going to play. Yeah. He said he's definitely earned a starting position in that back end, and they said they like him – in the 11 personnel, against 11 personnel, against 12 personnel, against any personnel, basically. Any personnel. Any yeah. personnel. And so Sonny Styles is going to play. He's going to start. And then the other position is Lathan Ransom pretty he's, much definitively starting. He's going to start. Now, the interesting thing about that is he talked about Lathan Ransom, the high safety spot, which we always felt like he would do well there. But they've been practicing with him, and he started last season at the bandit spot. So now it seems like he's switched to the high safety spot. So that brings the question of who's at bandit? Because he was, he was saying that Sonny Styles is probably going to be the nickel, Sam, strike, whatever he wants to call it. So then at Bandit, it looks like it's either going to be Josh Proctor, Jahad Carter, or then the true freshman, Malik Hartford, who has gained, what, 30 pounds since coming here and, and shed his black stripe and been on the rise. Buy stock now, Andy. I wonder if he got his – see, I thought well, what I was taking from that was Lathan was going to be that Bandit dude and that the adjuster is going to be one of those three. He said that. I know. I, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm confused by the nomenclature, only because the other three seem to fit more of that spot. Lathan seems to fit the bandit spot. Uh, anyway, I, I found that if, in fact, that's, I'm playing it over in my head right now, and I'm getting a lot of uh, uh, sounds from Mars also. <laughs> but uh, I, I just uh, the bottom line is I think he feels so – I think he feels pretty damn good <clears throat> about the personnel on hand for those three spots. Yes. And there's no doubt he and and uh, Ryan Day both like what Sonny Styles brings. Sonny Styles is going is one of the things that's going to make this defense different from last year. Yeah, it's and Andy Sonny Styles, I don't know if you've heard this before. Stop me if you've heard this before. They call him a unicorn. That helps to have him Jim Knowles made some 4-3 comments today when I think he was trying to make 4-2-5 comments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. Sonny Styles, safety or linebacker? He said he feels like more like an outside linebacker at this point. I mean, like the mold 
He, he compared him to Jeremy Cash from Duke that he coached as well. And Who was at Ohio State. Yeah. We've also heard him compared to Isaiah Simmons, who's played linebacker at the NFL level. And he was linebacker at Clemson. He's also played safety, corner, everything. So I think the point is you can play Sonny Styles wherever you need him to play. He seems like he's thrilled to do that. And, you know, there's other questions, though, with this defense because another one of those pieces is C.J. Hicks. And the more and more we talk to this defensive staff and these defensive players, it seems like the Jack is less and less I told actually you. mentioned. We might start shuffling dirt soon. And they again said today that Mitchell Melton is progressing as a traditional defensive end. So it really feels like the Jack position. But he named, but he named Melton. And, he did. And Melton and he did. Hicks is the – I mean, we're getting mixed messages, fellas. Right. I think we're going to see – so much more of a conventional kind of looking, and even uh, Jim Knowles alluded to this about what he has changed in yeah. his approach. He hadn't given, he hadn't given away any secrets and stuff. But we've talked about this many times on these shows. Uh, the more talent you got, and they do have some talent. I mean, we're some? not gushing. They do have some talent. The less you got to do quirky stuff, yeah. you know, tricky stuff, because uh, sometimes you trick yourself which is, I think, what happened last year in the last couple of games. They got tricked themselves Even a couple times. Even against Maryland. Last three games, exactly. Yeah, I mean. I agree. And that's what you're seeing an evolution of a defense and a defensive coordinator right before your eyes. And nobody says that you that you came in here with a 4-2-5 with the jack position, or what was it called, the Leo, and you got to stick with that. Uh, I think, you know, this the first several games are going to be very interesting to watch what Jim Knowles throws out there. I mean. You've had defensive coordinators come in here before, most notably one in Southern California who still doesn't get the job done, uh, who had a bullet, and then we never saw the bullet. And it was so, like Barney Fife's bullet. <laughs> yeah. Here, this is, and this is on the Letterman Lounge Master Sport. This is stuff you can only get at lettermanrow.com if you subscribe. Uh, subscribe now. Great deals, and we're all hanging out there. This is stuff you can only get there. These are the guys that I charted from Jim Knowles' press conference today who he mentioned as, this guy's going to play a lot, or he's really coming on. But I don't have in the starting lineup right now. You ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. Caden Curry, Mitchell Melton, C.J. Hicks, Malik Hartford, Cody Simon, Kenyatta Jackson, and Hero Canoe. Guys, I don't know how it's going to work, but that's seven right there. On top of the 11 we basically know are going to be the starters. That's 18 there, and you're really only looking at, you only really want to play between 18 to, or 16 to 20 when you're talking about rotations and defensive line, and that's not even mentioning Davis and Igbenosin, who I think is going to play a lot. All of that I is to say, start. all of that is to say, I think this is a very deep unit, and the expectations for this defense. I said it on 97.1 on the fan this morning. Uh, thanks to the morning juice for having me on. Yeah, Beamer. The expectations for this defense. I, I might be even higher than most people are. You should be very high on this defense because they are setting that standard for themselves, Andy, to be extremely high. And, and I don't even know if meeting it's going to be possible, but they're going to make a run at it. Yeah, and we had defensive line week last week, and I don't know if we even did it justice with, with not mentioning Kenyatta Jackson as much as we probably should have. He is mentioned, and you asked a question about this, he's mentioned in the same breath as Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimotwell. It is, it, is, it is a big three. No, yeah. and, and it started in the spring, Jim Knowles said. He saw it in the spring. Saw it again this summer, and it, that is the three. So I feel like from now on we should just mention the three of them together until we see something different. Um, and then Caden Curry was also mentioned today as someone who's going to play, who Quote, played a lot. A lot, he says. Play a lot, and yeah, we saw him play is. last year, and then it kind of tailed off a little bit. But now he's in a different year, second year as a sophomore, gained some weight. 
in a different body. And, and all four of those guys seem like they're going to play a defensive end. And, and when you say that, okay, when you name those four, I don't see one prototype. I see four different dudes. I mean, yeah, four different guys. You know, how stupid is that, Tim? I'm talking about I see four different kinds of players in all when you line those guys up. And I'm just going, that, you know, that, that just when you rotate in, if you rotate the two in uh, from the two that started, those are different kinds of pitches. Like tackles are going to have to be in tackles and guards and maybe a, a running back having a chip or whatever, a block, are going to have to deal with. I mean, I think Jim Knowles has, has, has come to really true grips of what he's got at hand here, yeah. which is all these different ways you can mess with the offense's mind just by changing two guys or moving Sonny Styles from off the edge to into the middle. We saw Sonny Styles in some of the pass coverages roaming the intermediate middle of the field a, a few times, like a linebacker would and stuff. And with his range and his quickness, I mean, there are just so many things that are going to be available to Jim Knowles, I think, from a confidence standpoint that it will work going into the season uh, than there was this time a year ago. Well, and that goes back to the Rushman package, which we might yeah. continue to see with maybe even just those four guys. Oh, and the yeah. other thing too we've is seen like that before. We've asked the question time and time again, can JT Tuimoloel replicate what he did at Penn State or at least come close and be consistent with that? Maybe he doesn't have to because maybe Kenyatta Jackson also has one of those game-wrecking games. Maybe Jack Sawyer, who Jim Knowles said has been dominant recently, can have one or two of those games. Maybe Caden Curry can have one of those games. And now you're looking at a schedule where you've got four or five maybe those different games, and you don't need one guy to have several of those. So it's a situation where like maybe that's how that works. Nope. Yeah. Was it Ryan or, or Knowles? I think it was Ryan Day who said how, how much of a leap Jack Sawyer has made in the last several days. It was Jim Knowles. It was Jim Knowles. Yeah. That, that was telling, man. That, you know, the season's right around the corner, and he is, he's feeling so much more comfortable than he did this time a year ago. Not really – I don't think he – he played the jack, so to speak, but I'm not sure he really – No, he's forced into the jack. Fit that spot, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, when Mitchell Melton got hurt, he kind of threw everything up in the air, you know, and uh, uh, I, I don't know. There is a sense that there is a, a piece about this uh, defense that's about to explode on somebody. No quarterback decision. Ryan Day refusing to make that call. I don't think he has that call to make yet. Uh, no kicker decision. We'll make that uh, little note at the end here. Uh, a lot of decisions made on defense, though, fellas, and a lot of coverage on all of it. Coming to LettermanRow.com, the 40-year vet Tim May. He'll be there breaking it all down. Andy Baxter will be there breaking it down alongside me, Spencer Holbrook. We are all going to be there with Matt Parker on the recruiting side. The Letterman Lounge message board is the place to be. Subscribe to the YouTube channel underneath as you continue to get more of the practice reports as the season inches closer. These practice reports, of course, presented by the fine folks at Buyers Auto, the best place to buy a new year's auto in Central Ohio. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to Tim, the 40-year vet, to Andy. To me, Spencer. We will see you back in this very building tomorrow night for another one of these. Until then, check lettermanrow.com for full coverage. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.